welcome to the Spectrum of Health podcast. I'm Dr. Christine Schaffner, and today I'm speaking with Nick Pinot. Nicholas Pinot is an investigative health journalist who's been writing about health, nutrition, and how to live a happy, healthy life for more than seven years. He and his wife have published more than 1,500 online articles through a daily newsletter called Nick and Jen's Healthy Life. He's just authored a book called The Non-Tinfoil Guide to EMFs. It's an honest attempt to warn the public that wireless devices are not as safe as they claim to be, all the while coming up with easy down-to-earth solutions to fix our overuse of technology. I think this is a really important conversation. Nick and I talk a lot about what is EMF, why does it affect us, and this is a conversation that I have with many of my patients. Dr. Klinghart, who I work closely with at the Sophia Health Institute, has been really ahead of his time warning our patients and really how to heal and recover their nervous system by mitigating EMF in our home environments. Um, Unfortunately, this problem is going to probably get worse before it gets better with um, the incoming 5G network and just all of the exposure that we're having. And so Nick really tries to give us practical solutions and not to be in a fear space. I do think, you know, of course, technology has connected us, gives us tools like um, podcasts and, you know, the internet and all of this wireless technology to keep us connected. But it should be used, you know, still under the precautionary principle. We're still learning, you know, what the long-term effect of these technologies are. And I think especially we want to be mindful of when we are um, getting ready to conceive or when we're um, children, when uh, women are pregnant, and then for the new and developing brain. So I hope you enjoy this podcast and stay in touch um, while we share more. Welcome, Nick. It's an honor to have you on the podcast today. Thank you, Christine. I'm, uh, I'm really honored to be here as well. Well, I know we're talking about a big topic, and I had the privilege of meeting you at a recent conference, you know, this past summer, and I just really loved your approach and just all the depth of knowledge you had. And I I think, you know, a lot of our patients, you know, especially with the work that Dr. Klinghart, you know, does know know a lot about EMF, but still our awareness, um, you know, is um, needs to continue to increase and really practical strategies need to be discussed so people don't feel so overwhelmed. So I, I know we have a lot to cover today. But um, before we dive in, how did this become such a passionate topic for you? Um, it's, there's actually no fancy story. This is one way I start my book. I say the unexciting story behind this book. <laughs> this is actually my, my pre-chapter. Uh, but seriously, I'm, I'm a health journalist. I've been, uh, publishing online information about health and my findings just out of my, my own curiosity and my, um, I, I think I, when I, when I, learn something that goes against the grain. I just feel so compelled to tell everyone about it, but then I have to gather my thoughts. So I put it in writing and I've been doing that since 2010 from what I can remember. Uh, so it's been seven, almost eight years. And, uh, after a few years writing a daily column called Nick and Jen's Healthy Life, relating my, my story, my experiments, uh, what I'm learning, different products that I'm using to stay healthy and, uh, the cutting edge research I, I come across in health conferences and whatnot. Uh, I, I started diving in 2015, it's probably two years back or a year and a half at least, in electromagnetic fields after reading two uh, or three very impactful books. Uh, One of them was Deborah Davis' Disconnect. And Deborah Davis is a PhD researcher. She's looked at uh, many different different uh, environmental issues where everyone was um, saying, oh, it's not a problem for the environment. And it turns out it was uh, hell for the environment. And you know how these things go. You have to fight for a couple of decades. And she did until regulations were changed. I cannot remember what topic it was. But anyway, I read that. It was a revelation. But at the same time, it's just one book. So I wanted to go and verify what she said essentially is, well, cell phones are the new smoking. And I was a little bit shocked because I, I did look at my cell phone in a, in a kind of careful way in the past because I don't know. I heard reports like everyone on the news, brain cancer and cell phones. Is there a link? Oh, no, there's not. Oh, yes, there is. It's always conflicting. Every other day you hear conflicting info about these EMFs, electromagnetic fields. Uh, so I, I started reading more books and then I started doing my own research and I realized that the two camps were very opposite. Some scientists and doctors and the medical community and the FCC who is responsible for regulating these signals said 
uh, well, these signals do nothing to human beings. They do nothing to your cells, nothing to your gut microbiome. You don't experience any symptom. It's impossible. Uh, so I was like, well, it's it's bizarre that we have a PhD level researcher on one hand and and hundreds, if not thousands of doctors and scientists who say it's a big issue and then uh, very credible people as well saying it's not. So uh, as always, I, I get obsessed with topics and I started diving even more deep because I wanted to know, okay, well, why do uh, they say it's not a problem? Why do they say it is a problem? And it turns out that I, what I discovered essentially is that our safety limits are uh, are based on a wrong idea. And this wrong idea is that the only way that EMFs can affect you is by heating your tissue. This is called the heating effect. But what biologists have discovered is that even if, let's say, a signal is so low that it cannot possibly uh, cause your brain to heat, there's also a biological effect that disrupts your body on a on a on a mitochondrial level and on a cellular level and that is that even a researcher Magda Havis from the Trent University in Toronto I, I like what she talks about she talks about the rapid aging syndrome and she's one of the only ones using that term but I love it because this is basically what EMFs do to you right uh, it ages you faster it stresses every single cell in your body that's exposed to it pretty much like an external toxin in the air like uh, air pollution or even toxins in your water it just adds to the entire load so so um, I'll stop talking now because it's the end of the story. <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it. And uh, Magda has been a um, key influencer on um, educating us, and I think that she has a lot of really um, great uh, tips and research to really bring this, you know, topic to light. And so, you know, um, Nick, why don't we, you know, for like the, you know, um, let's just bring it down to the basics right now because I, I don't sure. want to assume that everyone knows what we're talking about. Um, so when we're talking about EMF, like what are we essentially talking about and what should we be concerned about? Sure. So EMF is electromagnetic field. And if you take your cell phone and it's connected to the internet, it is transmitting and receiving wirelessly. This is a signal, right? This is one type of electromagnetic field. Another type of electromagnetic field that can be natural is, for example, UV radiation from the sun. So uh, UV radiation, it, it brings both uh, benefits. So for example, if you go have some UV in, in the sun, you will get a tan and have vitamin D. And this is great for your immune system. It's actually essential for your biology. Uh, but if you stay too much, then UV radiation can burn you. Uh, I think the same can be said with EMS. But the problem is that uh, these cell phone EMFs, uh, which are in a certain frequency that uh, has never been seen, seen before in nature, uh, they're foreign to your biology. And so the reason you should worry about that is that um, EMFs that are produced, for example, by cell phones or let's say a Bluetooth earpiece is another type that emits the same frequency. Another type could be Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi in a cafe, Wi-Fi when you walk in the street or Wi-Fi in your own home or even a smart thermostat or smart toaster. I mean, every, everything is getting smart these days. Mm -hmm. So all these sources are contributing to what I can call in very simple way, body confusion. Uh, it's a signal that uh, is sent towards your cells, towards your body, and your body doesn't know what to do about it. And it creates, um, it can create for a lot of people, it seems, if you listen to the research, especially people that suffer from chronic illness or have a, a low immune function or that uh, are older or very young, they seem to be very affected by these signals and can experience a slew of different symptoms if they live in this uh, kind of thick electro smog, if you will. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so, you know, we've talked about cell phones and Bluetooth and Wi-Fi. And, you know, I know you mentioned in your book also this concept of um, dirty electricity. Um, can you um, just share kind of, um, you know, educate our audience what dirty electricity is? Sure. Uh, dirty electricity is uh, normally uh, I, I mainly focus on on the cell phones and whatnot because it's a concept that's easier to understand. But if you go a little bit deeper, dirty electricity is that 
normally the electricity in your home is 60 hertz that's a frequency so it, it it will it means that 60 times per second it oscillates basically that's that's what hertz means it's time uh, cycles per second so the short version is that normally the electricity in your in your wires r runs smoothly in a smooth wave but when you have certain things plugged in uh, that um, cut out uh, cut the signal in and out for example let's say you have a one one of these uh, curly light bulbs, the CFLs that they call, uh, the way they work to save electricity is that they will switch on and off uh, thousands of times per second. Uh, so in between, like when it's off, but you don't see it with your with your bare eye, it actually saves electricity just a little bit. But all this causes disruption in the wires of your entire home. So it can actually make the electricity dirty. So imagine a, a smooth wave of electricity and then it becomes erratic. It becomes there are spikes everywhere. And this kind of electricity is actually uh, emanating from, let's say, pulsing from the wire in your home so it means that uh, when you're near electricity normally it is a little stress your body but when you're near dirty electricity it can actually act and, and be as um, stressful to your body as cell phone radiation so that's another type of EMF you you should worry about when it comes to uh, creating a healthy home where you you can heal and sleep properly mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I think you just made a really great point because I'm sure as people are listening to this they're thinking about okay when am I not exposed right to any of the things that we just talked about and I think that that's what's so hard with the advent of all of this technology I mean the iPhone right is only you know 10 years old right and now we're you know, into this whole, um, you know, development of, you know, the Internet of Things and, you know, as you said, our toaster being hooked up, our light bulbs being hooked up, our washing machine, and, you know, we really can't escape it. And so this can become a very, you know, overwhelming topic, um, you know, I think for a lot of people. And so, you know, where we start often, and I know, you know, you do too, is like, how can we, you know, control what we can control? And really, you know, our home environment is somewhere where we start, right? Um, because most of us spend a lot of time not only at home, but at work. Um, and, you know, our, um, especially our sleep is so critical to, you know, um, our body to heal and repair and to just uh, maintain our health. We need to create a, you know, uh, safe sleeping environment. So I would love to hear from you, like how, you know, I get step one is really assessment, right? So how do you um, recommend measuring on, um, you know, all of this different, all of these different types of EMF in, in your home? Sure. Uh, it, for someone that is sensitive or suffers from chronic illness, I really recommend investing in an EMF meter. So uh, the one that I use personally uh, and that I use throughout my book to give examples is called the Cornet, C-O-R-N-E-T, and the model is 88 T, uh, as in Tom. And uh, the cornet is very useful for two main types of field, magnetic fields and then microwave radiation, also called radio frequency. And this is the cell phone and Wi-Fi and Bluetooth signals. And the reason you want to have that is to be able to quantify, well, how much radiation is actually in my home? Because you might be surprised. So for example, of course, there are your own sources that belong to you, your Wi-Fi router, uh, smart thermostat, or, or lack thereof, hopefully, uh, cordless phones, your own cell phone, your teenagers' cell phones, maybe they have two or three each these days. It's, <laughs> everyone has so many devices, right? So this is all contributing. But on top of that, there might be out, uh, outside sources or even your neighbor Wi-Fi might be on the other side of your bedroom wall and you, you're not aware of it. So um, removing your own sources is step one. But then if you have a meter, you can look at the number Numbers I, I talk about in my book uh, as basically to, to kind of assess, okay, what numbers should I aim for in my environment? So one unit of measurement that I use is called volts per meter. And this is the amount of radiation in the air, if you will, or the, the, the highest radiation you'll have at any given time. And um, most people that um, study environmental medicine for people that are very, very at risk for chronic disease or trying to recover, they recommend uh, 0 0.06 or even less 
at night. And this is hard to achieve. So this means that you'll have to give up Wi-Fi during the night, which anyway you shouldn't be using at 2 a.m., right? So mm -hmm. it means plug your, if, uh, if you can manage it, do not use Wi-Fi at all and wire your computer and every uh, apparatus uh, that needs to be to connected to the internet in your home through an ethernet cable. And that's feasible. If you own the place, you can have an electrician come over and do that. And this is my number one recommendation, especially if you're recovering from chronic illness, because something I didn't mention in nature, there's actually, I mentioned UV radiation is natural, right? Uh, well, microwave radiation from your cell phone or even from just a simple Wi-Fi router, it's never been seen in nature before uh, or almost. So the levels in nature uh, are basically one quadrillion times lower than the average city right now. So it means that our bodies are not accustomed to even the little dose of radiation. Even if the levels are so low that technically you're okay, you're even better off if there's no levels, no signals. I, your sleep will, will feel more like in the middle of the forest or when you go camping. And this is where you'll be in the healing zone where you'll have quote unquote normal sleep. Let's face it, because in, back in nature, our ancestors are even, well, our ancestors, I mean, 15 years ago, no one had Wi-Fi. So it's fairly recent that now this is there to disrupt your environment. So this is this is what I would do with a cornet. I would go around your environment and look at the levels and then try to achieve as low as possible. And if if they're uh, if they're very high from an external source, for example, that can happen. Let's say you're in Manhattan and you have uh, cell phone towers right in front of your apartment building on the on the next building rooftop, and it's blasting towards your window, and you realize the levels are off the charts inside your apartment. Well, now you have two choices. Uh, and you won't like the answer. Uh, mm -hmm. One is moving out because mm -hmm. the environment is making you sick. So it, it's pretty much like trying to recover when you have mold growing in your walls. Mm -hmm. It's very hard to do, and and it's it's basically a. It, it's like trying to recover like uh, like when binging on McDonald's. It's very hard to do or almost impossible for some people. So it means that if you're going to move out, you're going to move out. But another thing would be blocking the window with a special shielding uh, apparatus that, that can actually be bought on a lot of different websites. One of them is lessemf.com. And uh, I would... If, if you're suffering from chronic illness, I would recommend hiring a professional. And that would not be me because I'm not a building biologist, but building biologists, if you just Google them in your area, you, you should be able to find one that can at least advise you by Skype. And if not, uh, preferably go to your home and look at the levels. And they would be able to come up with real solutions. For example, even painting the wall with a special EMF blocking paint is a solution. So you can create a very, very low EMF environment at home pretty much anywhere you live. But it will require a little bit more investment and time if you live, let's say, in the middle of New York City. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I think um, you, you have a lot of great points um, in that. You know, if this is a real issue, you can, especially if you're chronically ill, you can't expect to recover in this type of environment. And we, we talk a lot about mold in our, uh, with our patients as well. And it, interestingly, just a side note, um, side note, um, if you're in a high EMF environment, that will actually drive the growth of mold in your home as well. If you've had, you know, mold, um, so that there, you know, it's all interrelated, right? Um, yes. You know, but I, I think even, you know, there's stuff that you can do if you decide, if you choose to live in an urban environment. And, you know, there are absolutely a lot of tools. And with the increased awareness, there's more and more mitigation tools out there. And, you know, um, I think this could be a good time just to create some more education to around, um, you know, I know that you're really passionate about sharing about um, the five G network and how that's going to, you know, increase our exposure, you know, yet again. Um, and so it, why I think it's an important time to realize this is that because even if we think we're like in the perfect environment and, oh, this is not our issue, you know, unfortunately, we're in a time, I think, in our society. Um, I'm an optimist, but I, I will say I do think it is going to become worse before it gets better, you know. And so I think the more people who understand kind of what we're up against and all the exposures that we 
um, are only going to continue to have not only for us to take action in the way that we can, but also to really realize like mitigation strategies are going to be a reality for all of us. So can you, um, yeah, can you just share, Nick, about the, the 5G network that is coming? Sure. So the 5G networks, if you look at your cell phone right now, and hopefully it's in airplane mode, but let's say if you if you remove the airplane mode, you'll see the 4G or LTE in probably the top left or top right corner. This is the, the network it's connected to. 4G stands for four generation, and LTE is similar, stands for long-term evolution. And both of these are the fourth generation of signals or of cellular networks that we've uh, that we have access to so it's it's around four times um, more speed that we can achieve with the 4g compared to 3g that is older technology that was installed I think in 2007 and 4g 2012 uh, now they're looking at the next generation of signals because the user demand is so high for let's say streaming HD videos and downloading content uh, at, a, at a speed of light that that um, they're trying to figure out, okay, how can we push the technology even further? The, the main problem um, is that when you increase the speed, you increase the signals, you increase the EMFs that need to be emitted. Uh, it's pretty much a given and it's very hard to avoid. But right now, because authorities and, and most of the medical community isn't even aware that 4G is a problem, they're perfectly fine pushing 5G because it's exciting. Let's face it, on a technological standpoint. So we're talking about uh, 10 to up to 1,000 times the, the, the speed of 4G. So it's, it's a leap forward in a big way. So it means, for example, you'd be able to download a full HD movie in a couple seconds, maybe six seconds, instead of a couple minutes right now on your cell phone. So you could stream uh, holograms and, and stuff that right now we cannot achieve because we don't have the data for it. But what it means to you is that, unfortunately, 5G is going to require a huge amount of small cell and antennas that are going to be installed, especially in large city, at every block. And in residential area, the goal is to have one uh, antenna in front of every third to twelfth uh, home. So it means there's it's going to be literally, uh, I mean, the, the electrosmog is going to get thicker for sure. I talked to with a 5G uh, or actually an EMF engineer, Alasdair Phillips from the UK, and he told me that uh, he's, he's an expert in EMF radiation. In uh, He actually designed several EMF meters, and he's also an expert in electrosensitivity. What he told me is that he thinks the number of people that are sensitive to these signals and that will react uh, strongly will go up in a tremendous way once 5G rolls out. So uh, what it means is that I would I would advise not participating in in this kind of madness uh, that most people will unknowingly uh, encourage. Uh, so it means let's say you have a phone, you you make sure it's not 5G enabled. If you have a Wi-Fi router at home, make sure not to use 5G. So do not purchase the latest technology. And I know it will be hard because I'm telling you that now, and I'm the kind of guy, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm an author, and I'm always connected, so I'll be tempted to go with the newest phone as well. It will be hard to stay with the older technology. But um, e before these these signals get, get smarter and, and get biocompatible in some way, 5G is going to mean a huge increase in symptoms, I would think so. Uh, so it, it means the external environment in a city is going to be way more stressful and inside your home, hopefully it will not penetrate because 5G uh, is a very high power, very short distance, and it will mainly affect surfaces. So let's say you're outside, you might see more um, more effects on the eyes, dehydration of the skin, uh, more like topical or, or even maybe the heart could be affected as well. And there's also, there, there, there's a lot of studies, you know, there's barely any studies about the effects of what these new signals are doing. So I talked about a cell phone being a microwave signal in the microwave range. Well, 5G is the millimeter wave, so it's higher, let's say a, a cell phone signal right now is around 2.4 gigahertz. Um, this 5G signal will start at 3 gigahertz, but go up to 60 gigahertz. Mm. And this is the same thing, by the way, for a lot of, <laughs> I should have mentioned, I should have started with that because mm -hmm. that's a good one. Um, 
at the airport, a lot of people mm-hmm. avoid this scanner, right? Because mm-hmm. they're like, oh my God, there's no way you'll be zapping me. Uh, I prefer to pat down. Well, the scanner is basically a non-issue once 5G rolls out because the scanner is a very low dose of millimeter waves. And 5G will mean that every device will be connected and emitting millimeter waves, but at levels, I'd say at least a hundred, if not several thousand times the scanner every second. Mm-hmm. So. So it, it, right now, the millimeter wave, yes, it's I, I'd still avoid it, but it's very low power. And and I would worry more about a Wi-Fi hotspot than the scanner, mm-hmm. to be perfectly honest. Mm-hmm. This is something people don't understand because they don't know how to compare both technologies. But the scanner is actually extremely low powered. I was I was so surprised when I looked into it and I realized, oh, my God, I've been avoiding that all along, but I still use Wi-Fi on my cell phone. So who am I kidding here? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, kind of, it's kind of a catch 22 or uh, uh, yeah, it's 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 kind of bizarre. But uh, this is what 5G essentially will do. And another thing that will happen with 5G is that um, you know, a signal in nature is smooth. So remember when I talked about dirty electricity being erratic, uh, well, a 4G signal is already erratic, but it's going to get even worse with 5G because uh, the way you can put more data into a signal is by having certain types of pulsing uh, several times per second or chopping the signal or uh, modulation, which means the signal will go way up and then way down and then way up in certain patterns that can encode the signal. So that's all technical jargon that even I have a hard time uh, putting my head around. But one thing I know is that in studies, the more you play around with these variables and put pulsing and erratic kind of dirty signals into the 5G, the more your body will react. And unfortunately, another thing that will be added to 5G is that every bit of data will be even more stressful to our biology if we believe the direction the the, the studies are going in. So uh, it will get worse. And I guess it's it's very bad news. But at the same time, it just shows you that you, you got to focus even more about what you can do about it at home. Mm-hmm. And, and everything we talked about so far will become essential for even the layperson. You brought a lot of great uh, points up, Nick. And one thing that you shared is that um, you know this whole idea of electric or electro hypersensitivity syndrome. And um, you know, in our patient population, a small percentage are um, what we call EMF sensitive. So they actually get physical symptoms from EMF exposure. And so I I always say you know EMF isn't really great for any of us, right? But um, you know some of us feel it more in our bodies than others. And so um, do you have any insights? Um, you know, we, we do as well of what is why some people are more um, electro sensitive than others. Sure. There are a lot of, um, it, it, it's still very unclear. You've got a couple people looking at this. Uh, like, for example, there's a Dr. Dominique Belpalm from France who has something called the EHS and MCS Research and Treatment European Group. And EHS is electro hypersensitivity. And it looks like the symptomology and, uh, and, and everything uh, related to the research and mechanisms is very close to multiple chemical sensitivity. So people that are very uh, sensitive to chemicals most of the time will also show symptoms of electro hypersensitivity so if you know personally that uh, you have um, you have a lot of um, exposures to chemicals or let's say you had exposure to mold most people that have uh, mold symptoms will also seem like they are more sensitive to these signals another thing is uh, magnesium deficiency that is seen in most people that are uh, electrosensitive because one way that uh, cell um, that your cells will will have symptoms from Wi-Fi exposure, for example, is that it will cause um, uh, it will wreak havoc on a on a basically hydration standpoint in your cell. So, it, for example, it will create too much calcium to flow into the cell, and then if you add magnesium back and it can be absorbed into your cell, it will kind of reestablish a more normal balance. So if you're already deficient in magnesium, it looks like you're way more um, uh, likely to get 
exposed to these signals and feel something. And another thing is actually if you have your body filled with heavy metals. So one of them that uh, Dominic Belpom has, uh, has looked at is people that have uh, dental fillings uh, that are uh, mercury-based, right? So when you have the, this metal in your mouth, one, uh, at least one or two studies I could find found that just Wi-Fi exposure in the room can actually make, uh, cause kind of a, a, an antenna effect with the metal in your mouth. So it, you, believe it or not, your, your teeth are kind of picking up the signal, <laughs> so mm -hmm, to speak. Mm -hmm. and, and, and they're actually leaching more heavy metals into your bloodstream and in the air that, which, which is going, uh, straight to your brain or, in your blood, unfortunately. So uh, the more heavy metals that you have, it looks like the more you'll be, again, uh, electrosensitive. So mm -hmm. one step, uh, if you do have dental amalgams, I think I'm trying to find the information on, on Dr. Belfond's website, but one of them is um, he found that 50% of everyone who came to see him, I think it was uh, uh, several hundred patients, 50% of them had at least one dental filling and up to 12, I think. So all of them had this, this in common. And another thing actually was that most of them were very deficient in vitamin D. Mm -hmm. So, and vitamin D, I mean, it's, it has so many roles in the body. It cannot be, uh, just attributed to immunity. I think it's every single process in the body almost that is affected. So, uh, if you're electrosensitive, getting in the sun and having sufficient vitamin D levels and sufficient magnesium can also help. So this is, this is also something you, you want to look at. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, those are great points. And we see, um, you know, this whole, um, heavy metal amalgam connection, um, as well. One of the first things that we do with all of our patients, um, who still, um, have amalgam fillings as we support them in safely removing them. And I, um, I do see, you know, a lot of symptoms, you know, clear up once, um, people remove them. Of course, that's just step one. Um, there's a lot of, um, heavy metal detoxification that has to happen, um, after the removal. Um, and so we, we do see them when people have a high heavy metal load that they can be more, um, electrosensitive. And, you know, Dr. Klinghardt also talks about, um, you know, some people have what we call titanium implants. And so, um, we recommend zirconium implants if you have a dental, um, extraction, but titanium actually can concentrate EMF in the body. So that can not only be in the mouth, but that can also, um, you know, be, um, you know, by, um, you know, um, you know, other implants as well. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. and if you have certain, uh, like my wife has this this wire uh, holding her, her bottom teeth, and it's uh, I think it it's tin based, uh, and it, it is also it, this is all contributing to your metal load that that really shouldn't be there or that uh, are now in excess in your body. And so I, I guess one way one way to look at it is that uh, if you have a doctor or physician uh, following you uh, closely to recover from chronic disease, you're going to make sure to have your mineral levels checked checked, and also your vitamin D levels checked. And once you get these up, I, I think that you'll see symptoms going away a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, so many great points. And so, um, how about, I know that you go in the, um, you know, in this more deeply, um, in your book, but what do you feel like are like a few really great pearls of looking at, you know, the science of how, um, EMF like affects, um, our health, you know, I know you talk about fertility and detoxification and, you know, all of these things, but what, um, what are some, um, you know, um, you know, scientific studies that have really, um, you know, like you felt passionate about sharing just because of the health impact that we're seeing right now? Sure. The, the worst impact is on fertility, or I wouldn't say it's the worst. It's just the most researched mm -hmm. impact that I, I just cannot wrap my head around the fact that you can still have a phone in your pocket and no one is required to tell you not to put it there. So just keeping a phone in your pocket or let's say having a laptop connected via Wi-Fi on your lap where most people use it, let's face it, it's called a laptop. So people, people use it on the sofa or, or a, a, a anytime. And 
and it's connected straight on the lab and it's essentially uh, sending all this Wi-Fi radiation towards your your reproductive organs and then uh, to, uh, to your gut so that's another problem um, when it comes to fertility I could find in the last 10 years alone 201 studies that each concluded that EMS will dramatically reduce all uh, markers of fertility in men so sperm count motility and uh, quality overall will go down and just four hours of laptop use in a very small trial still but uh, it reduced sperm count, uh, sperm motility by 25% in men uh, in four hours so it means that the damage is acute it's happening right now it's happening very quickly so one way to not have that happen is simply do not put your phone there or make sure it's on airplane mode if you carry it in in your pocket and when you look at uh, several other studies I mean melatonin disruption is also very very clear in the research where uh, even if you talk um, a few minutes during the day on a cell phone you will see a drop of melatonin at night and I think uh, one thing that researchers think is happening is that your pineal gland that is responsible for your sleep-wake cycle and for creating this hormone melatonin that puts you uh, to sleep uh, in the evening, uh, it's kind of confusing EMFs from your cell phone against artificial light. It, it kind of mimics a uh, light signal because light is actually one of the few visible kind of EMFs that we can see. So it's as if the signal is kind of telling your body to uh, to wake up in, in some sense. So we see um, in research a lot of people sleeping with, uh, it's actually 75% of teenagers in one survey that I could read that sleep with their uh, cell phone under the pillow. So it's no wonder that 50% of all teenagers in the US according to another survey uh, feel like like they have insomnia or sleep uh, issues I mean it's it's kind of, it's kind of a normal so these two links are very strong in research and then if you go in in even more concerning things is the link with the blood brain barrier or even the 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 gut brain barrier or let's say the testes uh, brain barrier uh, the, the testes blood barrier uh, and these different barrier barriers actually they get um they get little tiny holes formed in them when you expose the signals over time and this has been uh, this is still a controversial link but there's a lot of good research about that that has been published about how uh, after just a few minutes on talking on a phone your blood uh, your blood brain barrier this is the envelope that is normally responsible for letting just the, the good nutrients get into your brain and then uh, letting the bad stuff out it gets it gets opened a little bit and then the bad stuff can come in and the good stuff can come out and you see neurotransmitters leaching for example that means that it's one of the mechanisms that explain that cell phone use is linked with depression anxiety and even uh, in certain studies suicidal thoughts in heavy users so uh, I guess it's just making you a little bit less happy every day the more you talk on a phone because it's so close to your head um, so the blood brain barrier thing is very concerning to me and on top of that when you when you, well when you talk about uh, dental amalgams so they're leaching towards your brain and then your brain is is more susceptible to having them enter and the heavy metals go into your brain so it's a perfect storm in other words mm. and another link that I'm very concerned about and that actually Dr. Klinghart is is one of the the world's expert at is um, gut disruption from EMFs and the main thing that I would worry about is actually twofold first it, it seems to slow down the growth of uh, bacteria when you expose beneficial bacteria to these EMFs and the main way bacteria that is uh, all, all your gut microbiome it's called the second brain it's so important to your entire body you cannot live without it and you can have a strong immunity if your bugs are not in good shape and in good ratio from the good bugs quote unquote and the bad bugs uh, well the good bugs will grow more slowly if they're exposed to signals so it means let's say you're using the, your cell phone and I see everyone on the subway station they're waiting for the train and they're they're basically zapping away their gut because it's it's literally on their navel right there so all the signals is very close to their gut microbiome so that's one thing and then it, it looks like you mentioned mold mold actually gets stronger in a Wi-Fi environment well the bad bacteria in your gut can actually get stronger and more antibiotic resistant 
once they're exposed to signals. So it's as if um, these these bacteria feel threatened by the signal. They don't know what to do, so they mutate and they become a little bit stronger every time they reproduce. And this is what is seen in nature. If you put pesticides or even antibiotics on top of bacteria, eventually they become superbugs. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the reasons that hospitals now are rolling back on the use of antibiotic uh, cleaners everywhere uh, because they realize it's, it's backfiring. It's actually making matters worse. So the same thing can be said uh, for your gut microbiota. And, and then coming back to the blood-brain barrier, well, we know that leaky gut, having your, your intestinal permeability is such a big issue in the development in, uh, of, um, of, for example, uh, chronic uh, diseases, inflammatory diseases, immune problems, or autoimmune diseases, or even food allergies. It's all linked, and it's actually very strong in research right now. Well, if it's making your blood-brain barrier uh, open after a couple of minutes, I'm, I'm really wondering what it's doing to your gut and the research on that is not clear and there's barely any financing available for people to research that so it's very not an an easy clear-cut answer but I know Dr. Klinghart in a recent interview talked about the fact that he thinks the number one cause of uh, gut problems these days is EMFs and it's probably because people let's say let's say you put a patient you say okay I'm gonna put you on glutamine and colostrum and this superfood and then you chew 50 times before your meals and enzymes and you do everything right to heal your 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 gut and and close down this barrier and make sure that you're uh, you, you're you're drinking your probiotics right but on the other end you leave the doctor office you take your supplements and then you blast your gut with all these signals so I'm really wondering um, how much it's backfiring and and again you cannot heal possibly in the wrong environment and I think you're you're creating the wrong environment for your bacteria if you're using your cell phone so close to your gut or even just uh, working on the laptop will be exposing you to 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 very high levels of EMF towards the abdomen if it's on Wi-Fi. So that's another reason to go wired, especially if you're trying to heal your gut. I I just don't see why you would keep um, Wi-Fiing your your good bacteria. Just it's mm-hmm. definitely not something that that will serve you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So many great um, you know points and a lot of great research is you know exposing you know. Um, you know, the effects and, you know, I, I feel like it's, um, you know, again, um, important to remain positive, right, in the face of all of this. And, you know, <laughs> you know, yeah. we, we want to, you know, just, I mean, a big part of our, our goal today is to really share, you know, practical, you know, tips and solutions. But, you know, just on the, you know, all the things that you were just saying, I agree. I mean, I see so many of our patients who do everything right, you know, they're, you know, doing a great job with their diet and they're doing a great job, you know, um, you know, with their protocol and, you know, all of these things and they're still struggling. And, you know, it just makes me um, humbled by, you know, the, really the, um, the cumulative effects of the stressors in our environment, you know, from, you know, EMF to heavy metals to herbicides and pesticides. And I, I really feel like, um, you know, the invite this, you know, EMF being a big, big one of these factors, but it's this increasingly, um, you know, toxic environment that is really having a detrimental effect on our, our health. And, you know, we, we see that, of course, with the fertility rates, you know, when our, when our human species as a whole is having a hard time reproducing, it's such a horrible thing that, you know, um, families struggle with, and it's more and more common. We we have to really take a step back and look at what what's going on, right? Um, so, um, so Nick, I mean, I don't even think we um, mentioned the the name of your book um, <laughs> yet, but it's um, <laughs> it's the Non Tin Foil Guide to EMF, correct? Yes. And um, where can people find find your book? Sure, uh, they can find it on emfbook.com, and you you'll have a link to the uh, different Amazon version. It's on Amazon in hard copy all around the world, and then there's also an ebook version if you're uh, international and and don't want to purchase something on in the UK uh, for to ship to India or something. Anyway, it's available <laughs> everywhere in the world, and Kindle is coming soon too. So okay. we're excited about that. Great, great. Uh, no, I think you put a lot of great information together. I, I really enjoyed reading your book, and um, I've shared that with patients as well. 
So, um, you know, as we kind of wrap up our conversation, Nick, I guess I would love to hear from you. What are some, you know, personal uh, strategies that you employ to keep your, you know, yourself healthy and your family, you know, healthy um, with this, um, you know, with, uh, with the EMF exposure? I mean, you, you made it very clear that obviously that you're connected, your work is connecting with people using technology. So I, I just want to paint a picture of what it, what it looks like in reality for um, people who value uh, technology, but how can we use it safely? Sure. Well, I had a problem because I, <laughs> I I wrote my book and I published it and I was still using Wi-Fi at the office, uh, at the home office. And I didn't feel good about it. And then also, a uh, double problem, it was super choppy and the signal strength was terrible. And I had no reason to keep doing it. So I purchased this wire because I we don't own the apartment that we live in. We rent it. So it's not like we can have major works of electricians coming in and wiring the whole place with Ethernet cables uh, so I purchased a 75 feet uh, Ethernet cable and I'm running it through the entire apartment and um, it, it does the job it's not ideal it's not pretty but once I'm done with my work day I have this rule with my wife of course of rolling it up and hiding it in the closet because it's, it's <laughs> it, will, it, will, it will make a mess but it's one way to do it I, I went to a, a friend of mine Anthony DiClemente's house and he has two of these because his, his uh, girlfriend Jen also works with him and they both have their wire and then at the end of the work day they just hide it in a closet and they're mm -hmm. done and it's it's feasible. It just looks a little bit silly at first because you're like, oh, this is not, I mean, why go back, right? It feels like we're, we're kind of going back to something more, uh, a stupid technology. I mean, who wants a wire? But at the same time, it, it makes a whole difference. So for me, I feel my mind is really more clear when I work in my office now because I was essentially exposing my fit myself to Wi-Fi eight to 10 hours a day. And at the same time, while I'm doing that, I'm telling people to not expose themselves. So I didn't feel good about this, this double standard and about hurting my health so much. So this is one huge thing, one huge step that I did. And then I also got rid of my wireless mouse and my wireless keyboard. So I had the perfect storm. So now it's a wired keyboard that I have externally to my computer because I prefer having it on a stand a little bit higher for my posture. Uh, my my mouse now is wired the whole the old school way and it works just fine so I've just changed things uh, gradually and this is one one way I would recommend to go is to gradually replace the different sources in your home let's say you have a cordless phone well for starters don't put it in your bedroom and then try to get rid of it and have a wired phone instead a good old-school phone if you want someone to call you in in case of emergency and it these still exist it still <laughs> works and it's gonna cost you uh, a couple of bucks per month but it will really make a huge difference and and, and one thing you mentioned before the call is actually uh, something you recommend your patients at the, the Sophia Health Institute it's tur um, turning off the circuit breaker for your bedroom at night and this is actually if you have dirty electricity or even just normal electricity in your home can also be disruptive to your sleep so even just standard electricity and uh, behind the headboard of your bedroom uh, of your bed you you don't know how many different circuits there are or if there are uh, I don't know like a lot of major wires going there and it might be very disruptive to your sleep so one thing you can do is simply uh, it's free and it takes five seconds at night I just turn off the breakers and then it will also uh, become not tempting for you. You won't be able to charge your phone at night and charging your phone next to your head is also another source of, for example, it will create electrical fields and magnetic fields and it's not ideal at all for your sleep. So you can charge it in another room or charge it during the day or before going to sleep. But when you sleep, you don't have electricity in the room. And honestly, most people that I tell this extra step to, they end up doing it night after night because they feel so good. Mm -hmm. So it's really turning off this circuit breaker to your own room, to your children bedrooms, and it will make everyone uh, healthier as a result. Uh, and finally, the, the other thing I mentioned, CFL light bulbs, these curly things, well, get rid of those. Honestly, there there's, there's, except some people are forced these days to use those, I think because of some uh, green uh, program and uh, they're energy saving, but they're not health saving, unfortunately. So it's kind of a, a catch 22 there, but 
Um, I would recommend replacing them with something old school like incandescent light bulbs that are way more, they emit a more natural light that's less stressful to your body. And then they also do not create this dirty electricity. So those curly light bulbs, you can uh, go to, uh, I don't know, this this green center when you can bring them back because there's they're kind of a heavy metal hazard on top of that. Don't put them in the trash, please. Uh, but mm-hmm. get rid of them and it will remove the dirty electricity load on your, on your home. So that's, I think that's pretty much it. I, I have a lot of other, a little bit more advanced step, uh, in, in the book. But in the end, if you have a, a very particular situation, if you live near a cell phone tower, if you use solar electricity at home, for example, it can be a huge source of dirty electricity. In those special cases that I mentioned in the book, I recommend having a professional come to your home. It will cost a few hundred dollars, I won't lie, but it is an investment, just like visiting uh, a holistic dentist, visiting the doctor every year. Uh, it is an investment towards the, the long-term health of your entire family so I think it is worth every penny and a lot of people I tell to do that before they buy a home or to come at their at their current home they feel relieved or, or, or they take action on certain steps that they, they just didn't know was happening uh, something some situation can be found for example uh, I don't know your your neighbor decided to reorganize their kitchen and now the fridge is on the other side of the wall where you sleep well, it is a problem at night if the, the transformer kicks in, it can create a magnetic field and it can actually make you wake up every couple hours and, and you won't know what is happening unless you have a meter or you have a professional look at your environment. And it's it's kind of hard to do by yourself because this stuff is invisible, but it's also possible. If you have the cornet, I think you, you can get the gist of it. It's just a little bit of work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Those are great, you know, really practical tips. And I feel like, you know, some of these aren't huge, right? Lifestyle changes, yes, you know, you have to get into a new routine, but it's like you're reducing with each one of them your cumulative exposure, which, uh, you know, makes all the difference. So, um, no, that's really, really great information today, Nick, and I just um, am so grateful for your time and your passion for sharing this really, really important uh, topic. I think it's really one of the most important topics that uh, we need to educate people um, so we can, you know, really reverse a lot of the, you know, the chronic illnesses that we're seeing and the, you know, the increase in, you know, neurodegeneration and infertility and all the things that we, you know, don't want, you know, human staff to go through. And I think um, this is not just a small issue, but a a, a big one. So I I really appreciate, um, yeah, all your time and your wisdom today. No worries. My pleasure, Christina. Had a blast. Thank you for listening to the Spectrum of Health podcast. I really hope that you enjoyed this conversation. And if you want to learn more about Nick's book, you can go to nontinfoilemf.com. And if you like the show today, please share with your friends, your family, and please feel free to rate us on iTunes. A review is greatly appreciated. Thank you.